Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Hollywood Breaks. This week, we get to welcome our first film producer, Dallas Saunier, um, from Bonfire Legend. And he's here to talk about his new film, Shut In, which I have cannot recommend highly enough. It's a great film. Definitely should check it out. Uh, we get into a little bit of what we've always talked about here at Hollywood Breaks, the future of film, the future of theaters, and what's coming up next. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Welcome to Hollywood Breaks. Very traditional American uh, childhood growing up in Texas. Uh, ended up finding out about USC Film School uh, through an article that uh, uh, sort of profiled Jerry Bruckheimer in Playboy magazine. I had, this really, <laughs> I had this cool dad who would go to 7-Eleven, like grab a Playboy for his like, you know, uh, high school son, you know, it was like, uh, I had one of those dads. So uh, I was reading the article about Jerry Bruckheimer and I realized this guy has produced every single one of my favorite movies at the time. Top Gun, Days of Thunder, all these great movies and, and, and even The Rock and some of the movies in the 90s. I said, I want to be that guy. I want to be that. That's that's what I want to do. And so I realized the easiest way to do it because I was still a, a, a sort of a kid growing up in a conservative neighborhood, very Bush centric neighborhood in Dallas was to go to film school. I mean, you got to go to college, right? I mean, you got to go do this and study it like a, like a, like a, like a traditional student. And so I went to USC film school. I, I actually got in at 16, um, went, went uh, early uh, in the summertime and then came back, finished high school and then went out. Uh, for undergrad, and it was a blast. Um, this was right in the tail end of the '90s when oh, movies, were, when, you know, when movies were time. still, yeah, when movies were still good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, it it ended up. Um, uh, you know, I kind of came out of uh, of USC, and and I needed a job. I wanted a. Uh, I wasn't ready to be entrepreneurial yet. I needed to learn the ropes, so I ended up becoming an assistant at UTA, United Talent Agency, which is one of the biggest uh, talent agencies in, in Beverly Hills. Had a great time. I represent. Uh, I worked for agents who represented filmmakers, actors, things like that. Had a great time. Ended up transitioning out of that company with one of the partners there uh, who started a management company. And we can get into the difference between agents and managers, but essentially at this point in time, they're the same thing, right? They're all... Going after the same jobs and representing the same clients, and, and it's 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 sort of the wild west. And I was a really good manager. I discovered Greta Gerwig, Leslie Headland, uh, Sean uh, Christensen, um, Craig Zoller, all these different people really early on in their careers, and helped them sort of launch Jenny Lumet, Jessica Goldberg, many many people, um, Michael Starberry. I mean, if I had my client list today, if I was still managing, I'd be, you know, I'd have the hottest client list in town. Um, and, and so it was a blast. I was really good at it, but, but I wanted to produce. And I, and I had this relationship with Craig Zoller uh, and he had sold with my help many, many, many scripts. And, you know, I, Zoller and I realized that if he didn't direct a movie, it was never going to happen for him. And frankly, for me, at a level I wanted to because he was my, and still is my favorite screenwriter. Um, he wrote Bone Tomahawk. It was supposed to be a $500,000 movie that I was just going to go pay for. He ended up writing a $10 million Western. We ended up uh, flirting with Mark Cuban for a while and his company, it ended up didn't, ha didn't happen. And I got a call from Kurt Russell's manager saying, it's, it's do or die time. And so I called up a, uh, a lender 
and I called up my mortgage broker and I took out a loan on my house and I financed Bone Tomahawk in 30 days and we kept it on schedule. And, nice. you know, it was really personal <laughs> when every decision, <laughs> say. You know, every decision you're making is your cash that, yes. is, that is given to you based on the title of your home. Right. right. And so it had to work, uh, but it was so personal. And I put my life and, and, and heart and soul into that movie, got it done. And it ended up launching my film career. Um uh, I since have made two other movies with Zoller, Brawl and Cell Block 99, Dragged Across Concrete. I also moved to Texas uh, and have made several uh, films that I'm extremely proud of. Uh, the Sparrow, uh, the Standoff at Sparrow Creek, um, mm-hmm. a, a great movie that came out last November called South of Heaven, starring Jason Sudeikis, um, many other movies, and then uh, sort of culminated with run hide fight, which was a big, another sort of bone tomahawk. I had to put all my uh, guts on the line again. Um, (laughs) And so through the process of making run hide fight, I met Ben Shapiro Mm -hmm. and I was a big fan of his. I was a daily listener of his show, uh, which is unique for Hollywood. Probably uh, there are more listeners to Ben Shapiro in Hollywood than, than they ever would admit. Well, yeah, yes. You're, you're one of the few who's actually public about it. I'll say that. <laughs> I'm proudly right, public about right, right. it. But, but, but uh, I, I had met with Ben, had this great conversation, ended up meeting his uh, partner, Jeremy Boring, who's the CEO yep. of Daily Wire. And that turned into not only an opportunity for Run, Hide, Fight to be released through the Daily Wire and in partnership with them, but then subsequently, uh, we ended up building a film business together uh, with them. And so that has now involved Gina Carano. And uh, we, we made a Western called Terror on the Prairie with her. We've made Shut In, uh, starring Randy Qualley and the return of Vincent Gallo uh, yep. to acting, uh, directed by DJ Caruso. Um, and, then, uh, and, and then we've just acquired a movie, which we're going to announce uh, next week as well. So... It's, it's really game on. Um, the yeah. business is young and still growing and having its own, you know, sort of uh, startup mentality and challenges. Mm-hmm. But, man, it feels good to be on the front lines. And, uh, and, <laughs> and honestly, honestly, I'm happier now than I've ever been in my career. So it all led me to this. I mean, I, I had to go yeah. to Hollywood. I had to go through the trenches, all the training. I had to learn how to represent talent because... They're really difficult personalities. Even the easy <laughs> ones are difficult. Yeah, yeah I had to yeah. learn how to produce a movie with the great Craig Zoller, right? Mm-hmm. In, in in the director chair, I had to learn how to work with actors like Kurt Russell, Mel Gibson, Vince Vaughn, Guy Pierce, Thomas Jane, Jason Sudeikis, on and on and on. Right. So that when the time came for this Daily Wire opportunity, I was ready for it. You know, yeah. I mean, this is a this is a career in the making moment yep. for me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting that, I mean, you have such a fascinating career arc and I'm curious because one of my big bones that I've talked about incessantly on this show, it feels like Tim would probably roll his eyes if he were here, um, <laughs> is m- one of my goals with my own uh, creative consultancy, which deals a lot with filmmakers like yourself in terms of helping them with marketing and trailers and all the, the marketing content that goes yeah. with releasing films is I've always sort of been a huge proponent of pulling the nexus away from New York and LA because so much of what 
is done. So much of yeah. the audience is outside of those two spheres. And one of my former bosses, Thomas Jagaeus at Fox, always used to say, yeah. you know, we all live behind gates and work behind gates, but 95% of our audience does neither. Yeah. And there's yeah. a disconnect there. So I, I, I'm wondering, have you, do you feel like there's any sort of disadvantage to being, not being in LA or do you feel oh, like yeah. you got to go back every yeah. five seconds or do you feel like this is like the new world order and that the shutdown sort of pulled has been sort of helpful in terms of pulling the nexus away from New York and LA. Yeah. The, the shutdown feels like the executioner, right? Not the, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. you, you know, not necessarily uh, uh, the, the, the accusal, right? Right. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, my issue is this, um, there's nothing I like, there's nothing I hate more than pandering or hypocrisy, right? That is my, those are my, those are my, my hills to die on. Mm -hmm. I like authenticity to the point of martyrdom, right? I don't want to sit there and hear a development executive (laughs) lecture the writer who spent so much time on this thing and give them their garbage creative instincts because they're garbage. (laughs) They are so disconnected from the, 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 the middle-class American moviegoer. Um, And so movies feel like this elitist experience through the A24s now and through the, you know, uh, the, the Manhattan and uh, Hollywood theaters they're not, you know, the, the, you go to an AMC or a Cineplex these days and, and it looks like the, you know, like, like, like they haven't done any work on the place in 20 years. Um, <laughs> yep. And so, and so you just really have this sort of deep divide. And I'm always a fan of, 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 you know, focusing on the, the, the true audience at, at, at you know, th- that mm-hmm. a movie should be targeting in my opinion. Right. Yep. So I have this thing called the Louisiana cousin test, right? So what I do is I call my cousins in Louisiana or I text them or my aunts or uncles. They're all on Facebook. They love NCIS. Uh, and I, I, I challenge them. I say, do you know who this actor is? Um, they have no clue. They have no right. idea. They've never yep. heard of that person. Um, they didn't see the New York Times style section profile on this person. <laughs> so they don't care. Yeah. But when you say right. Vince Vaughn, they have such a reaction. It's a terrific reaction. So we have a movie star problem right now. Right. Um, you know, the days of Tom Cruise and Mel Gibson, uh, you know, being the, the, the sort of the, the focus, right? Good mm-hmm. for Leo to, for still being in there. But like even Leo is, 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 is in full-blown propaganda mode. Um, yep. but, but you look at the current movie stars – and they're not movie stars. They may be mm-hmm. decent actors, that's arguable, but right. they are not movie stars. A movie star can open a movie. Those are gone. They're gone. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, you have to have Spider-Man or James Bond to open a movie right now. You have to have the IP, right? Right. And so I have no interest in making those kinds of movies and therefore, I want to go right to the source, right? So I see the world in a conservative viewpoint. I tend to spend time in my family, which is more conservative, uh, right. in my neighborhood, which is more conservative. It's a it's a world that I know, the so-called flyover states, 
uh, so-called middle America. It is a world I deeply understand, deeply know. And so I made movies for that audience. Now, I just simply have the juggernaut access and marketing prowess of the Daily Wire. And when Ben Shapiro says, I like this movie, go see it. It means a different level for that audience. And so that's right. why this has been such a blessing to have mm -hmm. this. this. But, but to come back to your original point, those film executives love going to film festivals, sitting on those panels, <laughs> waxing cavalier about their terrible instincts. And yeah. it's such a snobby, morally superior outlook. And yeah. I'm telling you, that's why movies are bad because Harvard graduates don't know how to give notes. I think you're absolutely right. And I, I, I brought this up not too long ago when I, I said the sort of disparity between like you take like a succession and a Yellowstone. Yeah. When you look at the audience for succession, it's right yeah. around the two millions. Yeah. But that's all anybody's talking about. But yeah. then you look at Yellowstone, which is like 15 million, which is unheard of in this day yes. and age. Yes. And nobody's really talking about it. So you can see there's a disparity there. Yeah. So you're actually absolutely on that's point right. with that. But do you think there's ever going to be a moment where we can sort of pivot back? Because you think no. of like the night, like you brought up the 90s and what, you know, that's like the 80s and 90s is when I grew up and like the great movies. And I, yeah. could, I, could, I could write an entire treatise on how Spielberg basically yeah. shifted from America's awesome to America sucks in yeah. sort of like <laughs> a, sort of like a span yeah. of like yeah. five years. And you're like, yeah. what happened? Well, I mean, he was like my, my hero when I was a kid. And now it's like, yeah. oh. Um, yeah. Do you think there's any way we're ever going to go back or is it, is it just broken? Don't confuse the material, the, the, the content that's going to come out over the next 24 months is going to be very soft. Okay. Yeah. Don't confuse softness right. for family values. Right. Don't confuse weak characters and, 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 and this, this, this obsession with victim mentalities and all this kind of stuff with somehow the American spirit, right? Mm -hmm. That is totally different. They will try to shield it. They will try to, to, to package it as a, as a movie for the Midwest, but it will not. And it will sucker punch mm -hmm. you in the third act. I promise mm -hmm. you. So I think that's why it's important to support uh, companies like the Daily Wire who share your values, uh, th mm -hmm. this audience, this sort of fictional audience member we are speaking of. Right. Um, and, 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 and focus on that. Now, we're, we're, it takes time, right? We only have one movie a year, apparently, but now we're going to have, <laughs> now, now we're going to have, now we're going to have a movie, you know, every month or two uh, right. going forward. So it took us a minute to get it going. Um, the budgets are small, right? Uh, but um, the movies are good. Uh, Run, Hide, Fight is one of the, my favorite things I've ever made. Shut in, unbelievable story to me how I, you know, found the script, uh, took it into Hollywood, tried to get it made, right? Couldn't, couldn't find a way forward. They wanted to change everything in the script. It was a mess. And then finally, when I had the opportunity to take it out, I took it back. And where did I take it? The Daily Wire, right? right. And they made it in 30 days. I'm so proud of the movie. And then Gina Carano. What a journey that's been with her right. to get to get to 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 uh, making a movie with her, and then we ended up landing on a different script, Terror on the Prairie, which is a really cool western 
It's got a definitely, you know, sort of 60s Sergio Leone vibe to it. Nice. And, it's unex- and it's unexpected for Gina Carano to be in a, in a right. Western like that, uh, uh, yep. with long takes and long lenses and, and sort of a, you know, a very sort of un- understated score, um, all these different things. So uh, we're on a roll, we're building, it's taking time, but we are on the way. And so I yeah. think that's why you start to see, you know, some of the Twitter rumblings and the attacks and things like that, because the, the Hollywood doesn't like competition and, and uh, the critical uh, community far on the left who believe in this utopia that doesn't exist are not going to be happy with a messy, dirty, unwashed uh, group of movie makers making movies that don't fit their perfect agenda. Right, right. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going it, to – there's definitely a sense of that the studios do not like competition outside of their immediate sphere. Um, and, you know, listen, I spent some time in development and it it, 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 it is unbelievable to me how many of the executives I, – I, I wrote – one of my first newsletters that I wrote was about Hollywood as high school. And <laughs> yeah. the one thing I, I wrote about was I said – when I got to Hollywood, like yeah. I was this kid who, you know, I spent, I, I'm a date myself. I got my VHSs on Columbia House. <laughs> I was the one who signed up. I got the yeah. 10 free yeah. VHSs. I had a massive collection. Amazing. I was like a movie geek and I, I a cinephile. And I got out there and I was shocked how many people did could not place a film pre like 90, yeah. 95, 92, 95, right. early 2000. They sure. had no appreciation sure. for the art of film, the history of film, the history of storytelling. Yeah. And these were the people that were getting promoted. And I was like, what the yeah. hell is happening? Like, how yeah. is this possible? Yeah. That's right. So I, it, it is sort of to me, yeah. I, I, I agree with you that there doesn't seem to be a sense that I think in the 80s and 90s there was more of an agreement on what the, the what our experiment as a country meant as a whole. That's right. That's right. sort of broken now and now yeah. there's sort of disparate visions of what we are and who we are as a country and a people and yes. you're starting to see that in some of the materials and that's why you see such divergence between like a, the viewing audience succession versus yeah. a Yellowstone. And well, I want to pivot just a little bit to talk um we will get to shut in, by the way, because I do yeah. want to talk about that because it's a great movie. Thank you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the theater experience because this is something that yeah. Tim and I have talked a lot about over the last few months. Yeah, they're dead. In terms of, yeah, <laughs> I know. I there you go. Um, I I I hear what you're saying. I'll, I'll, I'll clarify, but yes, <laughs> yeah, please. But uh, it, it it hurts my heart a little when somebody will say that because yeah. you're you're probably right. Uh, yeah. I'm not giving up. I'm still no. fighting for it. Yes. I still believe in the theatrical experience. Yes. Um, I, I, I saw Power of the Dog on Netflix. Yeah. I'm not going to comment on the movie itself. Yeah. But there were so many moments that I was like, this would be killer if it was yes. in a theater. Yes. And I'm like, I feel like that's missing because so much of how Jane Champion shoots it, Champion yeah. shoots it, it's yeah. very much a theatrical yes. shot. And it's yes. like, this is on my... 65 inch tv and this it's losing its effect and i totally hear what you're saying and um i saw on your instagram last week you called out bob Iger's comment about the fact that theaters yeah. are basically only a year oh, after i, I said it <laughs> yeah i think theaters might be in trouble i mean so you said they're dead yeah so do you think yeah. there's any way for them to come back okay they're dead to me so 
uh, for anyone not making Spider-Man, forget about movies, the movie theaters, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, the director of Shut In, uh, DJ Caruso, also directed Redeeming Love, which just came out a couple of weeks ago. So uh, that movie they put in, you know, Universal put in 2000 theaters and, and just no marketing behind it and things like that. It's really tricky. Even Jason Blum, the king of taking the lowest budget and putting the most marketing behind it in a genre that really plays well in theaters is making, making tons of product for Amazon Prime right now. Tons. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's shifting this movie to digital and this movie to... Now, hopefully, uh, this n- nonsensical response to the pandemic will end soon and we can get back into the movie theaters in a way uh, that people feel comfortable. But here's the deal. I've been going to the movie theater since Tenet re- was released. What yeah, was that, yeah. August in 2020, right? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So, so, you know, with the, with the exception of whatever's playing on Netflix – uh, or the or the HBO Max releases, who which I could watch at home, or the screeners, the the Oscar screeners. I went and saw every major theatrical release in theaters since since August 2020. Now I have a risk profile that's much higher for my own personal uh, uh, life than other people. Maybe other people right. are still uncomfortable going to theaters. That's on that's on them. So there's that. Right. There's there's that issue. Right. Theater theaters. Most of the theaters are still using old technology. Uh, they have worn out seats, things like that. Yeah. Some, uh, uh, not all, but, but, but a lot of them. And especially ones outside the major cities, right? Yes. They're just, they're, they're old and, and dusty. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is uh, the content is so strong at home, right? right. And, and, and YouTube and TikTok have eaten our kids' attention to zero, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want to sit down. Their brains have changed. It's, it's yeah. changed. So <laughs> for me, I want to keep making the movies that I make at a certain budget. I make them at because it allows me the creative freedom. And then also I want to get into series because the streaming nature uh, is a good fit with the recurring nature of streaming uh, of series. Right. right. Yeah. So, so for me, it was, Uh, I was watching all my independent distributors get swallowed up by corporations. RLJ got bought by AMC networks, right? Right. Now, all of a sudden, my dangerous movies are simply a headache for my executive over there who loves me and loves my movies, but they got kids in private school. They can't, they can't touch run. They can't touch run, hide, fight and get in trouble. Why did you, why did you buy run, hide, fight? You know, now we're getting, you know, hassled by the critics. Like, why'd you do that? Because the movie's awesome. Well, that doesn't matter anymore. Our bottom line and our stock price. (laughs) Right. 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 Uh, AMC in particular got saved last year by the wall street Reddit bet stonk investors. (laughs) The stonk investors lifted the price to a certain level where it triggered a debt part, a piece of their huge piece of their debt out of, I believe China had mm-hmm. to convert into uh, equity yep. using, you know, class B stock or whatever it was. And right. it saved them they, they literally wiped a giant bill off their slate. So we, and then of course, like, you know, the, the stimulus packages and stuff. So we're just keeping these theaters on life support. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. My glass is empty uh, mentality on this. 
is not a personal preference, right? Right. Uh, yeah. I have a good setup at home um, and I know how to watch movies correctly, but I also uh, would greatly prefer to see theaters. I've seen mm, 30 plus movies in theaters uh, since, since Tenet came back out. That's more than everybody, right? So mm-hmm. I just go and I see and I look around and there's no one working there and there's no one in the theater with me. It's a smattering of crowds. Anyway, all this to say, uh, it, it takes about uh, 90 days to break a habit and it takes 30 days to make a new one. And that's basically the equivalent of like two weeks to stop the spread, right? It's <laughs> over. It's over. Yeah. So you'll yeah. see the Spider-Mans come out. They'll do really well. We'll all go to the theaters, but the theater numbers have to shrink in order to survive. You can't have 6,000 screens right now. It's absurd. Yeah. There aren't, there aren't that many movies that deserve. Anyway, that's my thoughts. I hear you in a lot of that. I mean, my big thing is I think if the theaters are really going to survive, they really need to reinvent the experience. And that's sort of yeah. always been my thing. It's yeah. it's bringing back some of the classic theaters with the marquees yeah. and having pride in the actual sure. experience. Like well, when you walk house, in. Uh, Draft House is a yeah. great example of those. Yeah, you know, exactly. But they just, and don't they just announced their opening. Sure. They're they're opening some more, which is a great yeah. sign. But that obviously, yeah. as you said, that that's just not a that's I don't know if that's enough. I mean, I'm I'm still a believer that it might survive, yeah. but I, I think there's yeah. going to have to be some serious changes in order to really affect that. Right. Um. So I want to pivot to shut in right yeah, now because sure. they, you know, very. I, listen, I watched it, and I have to say, I've never watched a movie and felt more anxiety for an hour <laughs> and a half than when I was watching that film. Yeah. Thank and, you. I have to say it's it. What's fa- first of all, I applaud you because I I know that you didn't shoot it on a big budget, yeah. And the way you guys shot it and DJ Caruso, the way he captured some yes. of the images and the creepy feel of it was great. And it yes. it was surprising to me because it took it went in directions I didn't expect. Yes. Um, and I have to applaud you guys for having a little bit of the Christian side of it in there without yeah. bonking you over the head of it with, yeah. in terms of which a for lot sure. of films do, which <laughs> I thought was a nice touch. Um, so, you know, what you said is like when you brought up the fact that um, you're going to release like a movie like every, like every six months. I always go back to yeah. that scene in the holiday when the uh, the writer gets up and he's like, and he's at the WGA and he's like, yeah, you report box office scores like they're baseball scores now. Box office, like it's baseball. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, because they released too many damn movies. So it's yes. like, it's nice to hear you say that. So was this sort of like a moment with this movie? Because it really felt like yeah. it had that sort of crafting to it. It wasn't yes. just like a yeah. sort of like, okay, we got to get this out. Like, okay, let's just do it. And yes. it felt like you guys really kind of massaged it and you worked together to make sure. And yeah. I think that's part of like, when you don't, when you're not rushing to meet a release date, yep. and you're not rushing to sort of get it out because you've got ten other movies down the pike, I yes. think that that craftsmanship really showed. And you know, I was I correct in assuming that, or is it just sort of like it yeah. was? Let's start by saying it all. It all begins with the script, uh, right? And 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 that doesn't mean it all begins with a script where we sat sat in a room for six months and talked about notes and the third act <laughs> and, and the characters' motivations and blah blah right. blah. I blah, never right. do that. I'm a, I'm a caveman, right? 
read script, make movie, right? Yeah. With, with, with little exceptions. Obviously, we'll tweak here or there for production exigencies and you know, budget challenges, or, or, or we'll come up with a good idea and we'll, we'll have the writer execute it uh, to his or her uh, specs because you want to keep it in the vein of the movie. You want to keep it in the voice. Right. Yeah. Melling Toast wrote such a great script. It was so clear to me that she had spent time going through it herself and putting out the best version possible. So yeah. I wanted to respect that. So we shot the original script. Now the original wow. script, the original script from, for too many writers is they, they finish and then they send it to people for Sit feedback Yeah. with a Craig Zoller or a Melanie toast. They are sitting there in their apartments or their homes and beating themselves up over every twist, every turn, every moment and crafting it perfectly. So when I get the script, the first draft, it's been vetted by themselves hundreds, if not thousands of times. So that's an important distinction. So I hate every script except the ones I truly love. There's like no in between for me. Um, the second thing is I wanted a director who had had big budget studio experience. It is yeah. so important to me that this Daily Wire initiative be competitive with Hollywood. So in the case of Shut In with DJ Caruso, in the case of Terror on the Prairie with Michael Polish, we wanted people who were smart, savvy filmmakers, who loved the script, who would be good partners to us, but also who had a studio background of much bigger budgets because I wanted it to look big and feel big. Yeah. And it yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it certainly uh, out kicks its enormously tiny budget. Right. Yeah. The budget yeah. is my my problem to shoulder, not right. the filmmakers in many ways, if we can set up the process correctly. And then I got to I got to tell you, the guys at Daily Wire, especially Jeremy Boring, who is essentially my producing partner on these movies. Um, you know, uh, Amanda Presmick is my producing partner on on the films themselves. Jeremy is my partner on building the movie initiatives. Um, right. He is always on with me every day on the phone. We're always talking. So me, Amanda, Jeremy, uh, the director, um, you know, we, we're, we're, we're so tight. And, and, and by the way, we're kind of at each other's throats a lot, but that has to be because if you're going to give a note, you better damn believe in it. Right. Yeah, you better, nice. you better, I like that. You better be willing to fight for it. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, you know, if, if you're unsure, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't have to give a note to give a note. No one's trying to keep a job here. No one's right. trying to, uh, um, you know, make improve themselves. We we already have. So anyway, yeah. that that's the that's the group. So that's how we put it together. Now, you know, I have very specific uh, feelings about visual effects. Uh, my commitment to practical uh, is pretty intense. It sort of fits in my authenticity uh, martyrdom, and so 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 that for me, you know. Uh, uh, the fact that these movies are, you know, 97% practical or above right. is so important to me. And that's hard these days because everyone wants to just use visual effects. All the, you yeah. know, uh, in, you know, this, this post-production house or this, you know, editor, whatever. So it's a, it's sort of a natural fallback. And I, and I, and I try to, I try to explain this to everyone. They, they don't, I don't know if they believe me or they just think I'll give it up later, but like, no, I'm pretty serious about it. Um, yeah. So it, it was a tough, grueling process to get into the finish line. But, you know, you've seen the final uh, version. And 
I mean, it's pretty darn good. <laughs> it's pretty darn good. Yeah, and I, I have to say, I really like the fact that because you know I, I was watching it in between, like trying to get other stuff done, and I was like, I yeah. wanted to dedicate the time. So, like, all right, yes. how many how many hours of block do I have? To, and I looked at, it, I was like, hour and a half. I'm like. Oh my God, do they make movies like that anymore? And it just... Yeah, I think it's, I think it's literally 87 minutes or something. It's like, it is just... Oh, I mean, it's like, and it's not a Disney movie. So I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I don't have to block three hours yeah, to watch yeah, it. Like, I'm going to yeah. have to for the next Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I yeah, that was great. And like, you really, like the tension, it just builds. And I like I said, yes. I, I just felt the anxiety just building. So... Totally. Um, I want to give you a chance to like, so when it comes yeah. out next week, right? Next yep. Thursday? So, um, yeah. So next Thursday, uh, next Thursday evening, uh, nine Eastern, uh, we are going to put it for free onto YouTube for one wow, okay. stream only. So if you show up 15 minutes late, you can't rewind it, right? Uh, so from 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific uh, for that one and a half hours, you can watch it on YouTube for free. So figure out how to get YouTube on your Apple TV, you know, on your big screen setup, like get it all ready <laughs> and come and watch nice. it. <clears throat> and then if you like it and if you, and if you, and if you're uh, inclined to support us, sign up for the daily wire, sign up for a subscription. We got tons of stuff coming up, but mostly this is whether, whether you believe in the politics or not, this is a creatively, as as creatively unfiltered a process of movie making as anything that has existed since Miramax in the 90s uh, or new American cinema in the 70s. We are bringing it back. We are really, really pushing hard. If you're a fan of, of those movies uh, and you're sort of sick of the, um, you know, the, the watered down neutered nature of Hollywood these days, uh, these are going to be for you. That's great. Well, listen, Dallas, I, I could probably yeah. sit here and talk to you for another two hours, yeah. but we actually yeah. got to wrap. Yeah. So thanks again for coming on. It's great to have you. Um, hopefully pleasure. we can have you back again when uh, Terror on the Prairie is getting ready to rock. And, Let's do uh, it. And maybe even before that, because you know, I love talk. This is like my bread and butter. I love talking with people who have a love of film like I do. So, Good. thanks again for coming on, and we best of luck with Shutin and uh, everyone. Tune in next week and uh, check it out. You're gonna love it. So, awesome. thanks again, Dallas. Appreciate it. Thank you.